Hola, amiga. I believe the only way to create a life of your dreams is by taking massive action that makes shit happen. Basically, amiga, handle your shit. Yes, I said that. Handle your shit. Stop playing small and start breaking down cultural limitations, gain back your feminine power, and become the unapologetic and unstoppable Latina you were destined to be. This show is meant to inspire, motivate, and awaken your soul's potential. You will learn from business professionals, successful entrepreneurs, and creatives that will teach you mental corrections, insider tips, success strategies, and of course, a dose of personal development. I am your host, Jackie Tapia, lawyer, transformational life coach, and entrepreneur. I am also a wife and mom to a little badass Latina. I'm obsessed with changing the Latina's mindset and breaking down cultural barriers so that you can live your best life and step into your true power and start living a life of abundance in all ways and always. Join me for inspiring conversations with thought leaders and learn how to handle your shit. ¿Estás lista? Vámonos. Hello, amigas, and welcome to Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast. Welcome back. I have some exciting news for you. I have this beautiful soul that's going to be discussing everything about midlife. Yes, amigas out there who are in that uh, stage of their life, this is the episode for you. So who is this person? This person is Nancy Baker Belda, and um, she really reinvented herself for five times, as a matter of fact. And so here's her plug. This is what she says all all the time. If you're exhausted from living a life that completely ignores your creativity and life experiences, why not reinvent yourself? If you're asking, how could I reinvent myself? Nancy has the perfect answer for you. Nancy has successfully reinvented herself five times. She knows the necessary steps to take that will allow you to live the life of your dreams. If you're ready to live a life of productivity, purpose and passion. Nancy is your woman. Nancy Belda became a registered nurse in 1969 and has worked in various roles throughout her career, but has found her true calling in personal development. She is a speaker, a coach and trainer, and has experience working with women in midlife. Wow. I'm pretty sure she knows a thing or two, right, amigas? Well, without further ado, this is Nancy. Hello, 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 amigas, and welcome to Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast. And today I have a beautiful episode of Amiga that I met um, approximately about a year ago. And I love her to death. This woman has done it all. And she's been coaching uh, women in midlife 
for a long time now. And originally she was a registered nurse. And so we were, we need to unpack this like crazy because this woman is so vibrant and dynamic and she is 72 years old, young. So amigas, she's got a lot for us to discuss. So without further ado here, we have Nancy. How are you doing, Nancy? How's it going? Uh, if I were better, I'd be twins. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome to Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast. Thank you. Thank you. We were just discussing before we uh, hit the recording that that in Chicago, well, she's outside of Chicago and it's getting warm over there, right? Yeah. For the last, actually, we were up to one night, we were up to 98 degrees last Saturday, I think it was. And then we've hung around in the mid 90s all week. And then today it's down to 72. Yeah, nice, nice. At least it's a little bit more comfortable now, but there's humidity. So that's, that's terrible a, humidity. <laughs> that's an added layer, especially to our hairdos. Not, not too good. Not too fun. <laughs> no, 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 no. So Nancy, tell us, tell us a little bit about you, you, like, where were you born? Where did you grow up in Chicago? How to tell us everything about you, Nancy? Oh my goodness. Uh, well, I am the oldest of eight girls and one boy. Um, my dad said my mom was hard of hearing every night. He said, do you want to go to sleep or what? And she said, what? Um, <laughs> um, I, and again, I, I mentioned that I am the eldest and uh, we grew up in a suburb of Chicago called Cicero. Um, I am 100% Irish. The community was more Polish and Bohemian. So we were like the shanty Irish, uh, <laughs> lovingly uh, characterized as hanging our laundry out the window, you know, but that isn't what really happened. But at any rate, a lot of the uh, Irish families were truly characterized as being large and loving to laugh and loving to get, get together and things like that. And um, my seven, well, seven of my sisters, uh, when I was about um, six years old, my mother came home with sister number five. And uh, my dad was a dad of the 50s. He didn't change diapers and do things like that. So I was instantly pressed into service. Mm -hmm. And um, I was about eight years old when sister number six came home. And my mom needed to go back into the hospital that day or the day afterward to have her gallbladder out. And in those days, you know, it wasn't day surgery. You were in for a week or more. And as I mentioned, my dad didn't change diapers or do bottles and things. So at the age of eight, I was pressed into being a mom Wow. for these, for these kids. Yeah. So early on, I learned responsibility and I learned it, um, on the job training. Oh God, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God. And you know what? This is so similar to a Latino family and Mexican family. Cause we, not only do we have a lot of kids, but the oldest is basically the mom, the, the second mom to the younger mm -hmm. kids. Right. So yep. I, I totally get what you're talking about. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, we grew up in a family at the time, you know, you mentioned that I'm 72 years old. So anybody who's listening to this may or may not remember the Lennon sisters, but um, they were, um, there were four girls in a family and they sang. And in those days, uh, women weren't encouraged to participate in sports. And so my dad, who had a beautiful Irish tenor voice, 
taught us to sing and we would sing at you know family parties and things like that we didn't take our show on the road but we sang for interest anybody who stood still long enough we would sing for and um my dad uh my dad also did a little bit of entertaining as a matter of fact he had a show with mickey rooney and red buttons uh a radio show uh during the war and as a result um i became very interested in the performing arts and as time went on, I started to nurture that interest and became very um, interested in singing and acting and um, started to pursue a little bit of that. But my mother tells me that, that as early as the age of nine, I started talking about wanting to be a nurse. And in those days, there was a book called Nancy Nurse. And um, somebody just gave me an old golden book that says Nancy Nurse on it. It's, it's, a, it's a treasure. Anyway, um, I grew up and uh, I went to nursing school and became a nurse. And I, I um, participated in my avocation of singing and acting on the side. And I eventually married my husband, Ed, at the age of 26. And we went on to have two birth children and two adopted children, Matthew, Andrew, Peter, and Julia. I know it sounds like the apostles. That isn't what we were going for, but <laughs> I think, I think subliminally, what do they say? Subliminally? Yeah. It, it did. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? Their names are Matthew, David, Andrew, James, and Peter Edward. So um, very similar. Anyway, we raised our children in a, a suburb of Chicago. And uh, after, when I decided to have children, we also wanted me to be at home with our children. And we had to make that tough decision of um, my area of nursing is the emergency room. And I was working in a very large educational at Loyola University Hospital. And um, I had to decide between that or stay home with my children. And I decided to do the latter and work for the registry on the weekends. Mm -hmm. And so I worked in a local hospital um, on the weekends and my husband watched the kids on the weekends and then I was home during the week. There's, I have a cute story about um, my son, Peter. Uh, we were on our way to school one day. He's, he's the adapted one. And we were on our way to school one day and he was talking about commissions and um, I, at the point, at that point in time, although I haven't told you about this yet, I started a pampered chef business and I was working on a commission and he didn't understand what a commission actually was. And I was trying to explain it to him while I was driving him. And, um, he said, I don't, he said, I just don't get it. And I said, well, when I sell pampered chef products, the company pays me a percentage of the sale and, there absolute quiet in the back seat. He didn't say a word. And then after about maybe what seemed like a lifetime, but it wasn't, he said, you know, what's good though. And I said, what? And he said, you get to stay home and take care of us and you still get to do what you love. Oh, that is so 11 sweet. years old an 11 year old boy said that. Oh, that is so sweet. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And you could tell that he fully grasped exactly what I was going for, you know? So at any rate, so we'll back up a little bit after working in, in for the registry on the weekends, I decided that managed medicine and I did not mix. 
Uh -uh. Tell us why. Tell us why. Oh, my gosh. Well, I was used to being able to sit on the edges of the patient's beds and hold their hand and troubleshoot with them and, and, uh, you know, go get them a drink if they wanted and go down and buy them a magazine if they wanted and just an assortment of things. And it it got down to uh, spending X amount of time with them charting, going into depositions, um, just an assortment of more clerical type stuff that it was not the type of nursing that I envisioned myself doing. And I had to make the very difficult decision to leave the nursing career and I was, I'm, I might have ADHD. So I was very, very caught up in what am I going to do now? What am I going to do now? And um, I went to a Pampers Chef party and I recognized that this would fit a bill for me to be able to entertain people. I love to cook and um, I could be in front of people and I could educate them. And these were all areas that were screaming out for me. I really love teaching adults. And so I tipped my toe into that a little bit to see how that was. And uh, that was in 1992. And uh, I finally uh, resigned in 2017. So 24 years of doing that. And uh, I sold $1.2 million in product. And I earned a trip every single year to all sorts of places, well-traveled all over Europe and uh, lots of jewelry uh, awards and things like that. But what I gained from this whole thing, uh, which was the most important thing to me, and you could have taken away every single luxurious thing. I wouldn't have wanted you to, but you could have, Um, I was teaching women, I was teaching families the value of family mealtime because um, we learned during that time and the Pampered Chef was way far ahead of its time. We were teaching people that families who have dinner together, those children are three times as likely to avoid the use of drugs, alcohol, and tobacco. They are four times as likely to have higher self-esteem. And they are five times as likely to pursue and achieve a goal. Just the simple act of sitting down and having dinner with your family. And I was so committed to this that uh, that became, that really became my motivation was to go out and teach people that you do not have to be a gourmand to put a dinner on the table, that I could show you how to do something quickly and easily and efficiently with the best tools on the market. And I could show you and your friends and have a good time because, uh, you know, I am funny and I see humor in a lot of things. And I, I, I cannot tell you, Jackie, how many times people would be sitting next to my checkout table and they say, Oh, you missed your calling. You should be in standup, you know? And I'd say, no, I prefer not to, I prefer to sleep in my own bed at night. Um, you know, sleeping out of a, living out of a locker and, um, not, not being able to sleep in my own bed is far, far bigger threat. But, you know, I, I was able to use my humor, teach adults and it all was for a, a purpose. 
So I retired in 2016. And just about that same, during, during the time that I was with the Pampered Chef, I, um, I went to Jack Canfield, who is a, who's one of the top motivational speakers in the country. He was, um, he was one of the featured speakers in The Secret, and he's the co-author of the Chicken Soup for the Soul series. And he's my mentor, as a matter of fact. And he came and spoke to the directors at the Pampered Chef. And he said something that was so um, earth-shaking to me. He said, you have to quit blaming, shaming, and complaining. He said, because when you are doing any of those things, it means that you have a reference point of something that you would prefer. And if there's something that you would prefer, then you better go out and get it. Stop sitting around and complaining about it. And that just really knocked me on my butt. Uh, and so I went out to do a, a week-long workshop with him. And it was during that time that we had to come up with our life purpose. Now, for those that are listening to this, you need to know that if you've heard me already, I am very right and left-brained. I have the nursing part, which is the analytical, and then there's the actor, singer. I'm also a calligrapher. And so, you know, I, I, I like to say that there's a lot of traffic in my head and no lights. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a cacophony all the time, you know, it's just like a crazy, crazy environment. I mean, so the way that you figure out what your life purpose is, you look for things that you love to do that set your heart a pitter-patter and try and figure out how you can do that for the rest of your life to make the world a better place. How could I possibly think about doing dinner parties and taking people's blood pressure? <laughs> it just didn't work. You know, I had a real tough time trying to figure how I could mesh these two things together. Finally, by the end of the week, I did get it. And this is my life purpose. And I know when I'm not living on purpose, the wheels are off the track. This is my life purpose, to enlighten, empower, and entertain with enthusiasm, compassion, and integrity in the context of love and service. If I'm not living that, my wheels are off the tracks and I better just get, I better go in for a tune up. Yeah. So I, that was our first assignment was to come up with our life purpose. The next assignment was to come up with a bucket list and uh, that I had never had a bucket list. And I didn't even know what one was, but right at the top, it was almost as though the pen was writing itself. I'm, I'm really, I'm serious. I mean, I was just like, and it wrote, sing the national anthem in Wrigley Field. I was like, what? What nerve? I mean, how arrogant, you know? I had no idea that. And then my wheels started turning and I realized my dad was a singer. He taught us all how to sing. My mom grew up in the shadow of Wrigley Field. I was his favorite. I probably was being told to honor my dad by singing the national anthem. So um, believing in the law of attraction, I set those wheels in motion, and in 2014, I did it. You actually did sing? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and you can look at it. My sister's, my sister's recorded. It's on YouTube. You just look for Nancy Belda 
national anthem. Oh my God. <laughs> that, that is not, that, that's only afforded to the, the people that are connected and well-known and all that. But how did you manifest that? Was it simply by listening to Jack Canfield, pretty, putting down your purpose? Your, I see that. I see you have it in your vision board. Yep. Check you out. <laughs> yeah. Um, my vision board, not only my vision board, but I met I, you know, I meditated, I visualized, I affirmed it every single day. And when I, in 2010, uh, 10, I sent in a CD. Well, first of all, I believe in the law of attraction. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I was, uh, I belong to a community theater. And for those of you that don't know what a community theater is, it, it means that the people who belong, they may be the actors, but they also hang the lights, work props, work costumes and makeup and stuff like that. So I happen to be working props. And um, I knew that I had to cut a CD of me singing. I had no idea how to do it. So I was standing backstage all in black, in black, you know, there was no lights. And I was standing next to a girl and I said, Liz, I said, I have to sing the national anthem in Wrigley Field. And she was like, oh, okay, right. <laughs> of course you do, Nance. And, um, and I said, I have no idea how to do this. I, I, do I get a session band and have them come to my house? Do I go downtown? And she said, Nancy, my husband has a recording studio right in our house. Oh, boom, boom, right there. Drop the mic, yeah. you know, yeah. it was, it was a mic drop moment. And so, um, I went and cut the CD, sent it in with a tear jerking letter hoping to get their sympathy mm -hmm. about how my dad died when he was 50 and blah, blah, blah. And I got a very, very polite, no, thank you. And they returned my CD. Hmm. I was crushed. I just don't know how I was, you know, I thought they were so inhumane that they couldn't respond to my, my bleeding heart letter. Yeah. No. Oh my God. So I sent it again in 2011 and that year, not only did they not respond to me, but they didn't send back the CD. And then in 2012, same thing. And that's when I decided that I needed to really put some muscle behind this. And um, I did it again. And that was third time was the charm. But what did you do differently this third time? I didn't take no for an answer. Mm. I just, you know, it's, I almost felt like I was one of those, um, little uh, inflatable toys that has the sand in the bottom of it you punched it but it came right back up again <laughs> you know uh i i really didn't do much oh yes i did as a matter of fact i lied i called into the radio station wgn and i said uh there was a hooligan of a dj that was on and i said johnny i need a hookup and he said what do you need and i said i need to sing the national anthem and he said okay can you sing and i said well yeah i've got that covered but i need my foot in the door he said, okay, send me your CD. Well, about a week later, my girlfriend called me up and she said, are you listening to WGN? And I said, no. She said, well, you're singing the national anthem. And he played it every day on WGN for about a week. And um, then they called me and asked me to sing it on opening day, but it was in the Captain Morgan bar, not on the field. Uh, and my stipulation was on the field. Right. So they, I went and did it. And it was after that that they invited me to sing it on the field. Ah, well, you know what? Persistence, right? Yeah, yeah. Wow, wow. 
Congratulations. Thank so you. You visualized it, you called it, you claimed it, and you didn't give up. You persisted. Mm -hmm. Wow. This is amazing. And I think that um, amigas out there um, may not know, but, you know, personal development and, and just really visualizing and learning more about the law of attraction, you'll find that your life will change tremendously if you do the work, right, Nancy? You must do the work. It, it will not just roll up to you. You have to, uh, visualizing is such a simple and dramatically underutilized skill. Yeah. Um, it is such a simple thing to do and yet it is dramatically underutilized. And if everybody could just learn how to visualize and how to affirm, we'd all be reaching our goals. Exactly, exactly. Just like what you did. I mean, you really, you said, no, I'm going to be on that field. Yep. The national anthem and you made yep. it happen. Mm -hmm. And you said, no, you know, you took no for an answer. Like you did not take that. Like you were just like, uh-uh, this is going to happen. Exactly. Wow. Oh my goodness. So Nancy, now what's the next big thing? Because that's huge. <laughs> what's the next big thing? Okay. Um, one is ridiculous. I want to sing backup for James Taylor, um, but you know, I'm not sure that'll ever happen. Um, no, my next one is, is I'd like to, I'm getting ready to launch a digital course. It's going to launch at the end of this, at the end of August. And I'd like to pay off my car. Uh, we just bought the car. And so um, my goal is to pay it off. And um, I would I would like to have a self-sustaining digital course that teaches women. My, my goal is to to show women of, of pretty much any age, but I'm I'm trying to hone it down because I believe that if you appeal to everybody, you won't appeal to anybody. But I would like to show women that we are strong mm -hmm. and we are resilient and we have been in service to someone or something most if not all of our lives and when that service ends or wanes or whatever we're left in the rubble trying to figure out what in the heck is our next step and i i think that because of the talents and the strengths and the skills that have been untended to, that have been lost in the shuffle, that have been underdeveloped are still there. I'd like to help women find them, locate them, develop them and use them to bring themselves first personal happiness and clarity and purpose. And second, perhaps an income. But not necessarily an income, you know, that would be a great, that would be a, a, a great side gig. But I think that women really, I mean, everybody needs a purpose. Do, I, people that say they don't need a purpose are lying. In my opinion, I just I'm think they are. Completely lost. Yeah. 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 Everybody wants to be wanted. Yeah. Everybody wants to see somebody who's waiting to see them and um 
when women in particular are cut off at the knees because a job has ended or a stage in life has ended, this, this is a prime time when depression hits, overeating hits, they stop exercising, they stop engaging with other people, they, became, they become recluses. I mean, an assortment of things happen. I would like to show women that they still have got it. And what they, what they have is they have a plethora of capabilities that they can cash in on. Yeah. I like what you're saying. And I love that you're saying that, that, you know, when you're cut off at the knee, which is true, I think um, when you're a mom, you know, and married, and let's say your kids are all grown up, Mm -hmm. there's that whole concept of like the empty nester, right? And so you've been giving, pouring over to your family for so long. And now you're left with like, okay, what's next? Right. Next. So that's the demographic that you really cater to, right, Nancy? Yes, yes. And, you know, there's, there's another demographic, though, too, that can't be ignored. And that is the, the 40-somethings. And those are the people that are lost in their current careers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Those are the people that hands, are just... Ladies, yeah. hands. <laughs> yeah, those are the people that are just kind of wondering what's next. I mean, I've already exhausted what I wanted to do. I have no idea what's ahead of me. I have too much life ahead of me to squander it. What am I going to do? Right. You know, and those people, I'm, I will be working on a digital course for them when I'm finished with, with this one. But um, I, I don't think that that should be ignored either. Yeah, yeah. No, and I, and I agree with you because I... As I've been uh, promoting my courses and, um, you know, with Amigas and, and teaching them my formula, my four plus formula, um, I have found that many in my, my age group in the 40s and we're in that stage of like, whoa, we're hitting menopause and we're already in menopause. So our bodies are changing, our attitudes are changing. Our professional life career is changing as well. So there's all these changes physically, mentally, and emotionally. And if we ignore them, then the the body will start wreaking havoc on us, right? Exactly. You know, what's this like pain in my stomach? And then you find out that you have this ulcer (laughs) or, 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 you know, you ignore you ignore doing what you're supposed to do like weekly annual exams of your breasts right and then you find that you have a lump so it's like there's so much going on and and when you're you're ignoring it you're at a point in your life where it starts uh, manifesting in your body Mm -hmm. yep and by the way uh, when you talk about menopause i like to say that's your inner child playing with matches I love that. <laughs> well, girls, you see, you hear it, you hear this woman is so funny. So yes, yeah, yeah, I can I can see that, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, you're almost you're gonna burn. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Nancy. I I I completely agree with what you you've been saying and and um and I'm excited for your digital course that will come out and we'll definitely um you know if you have a link uh send it over to me so I can post it on the show notes 
Um, and that way we can send that off. But, you know, as our, as our conversation is winding down, you know, I always ask my guests, provide me with one or two tips on how an amiga can handle her shit. Cause girl, I know you have. <laughs> wow. Well, uh, one thing that I, I would say is that you have to experience self-acceptance. Self-acceptance allows you to understand and acknowledge your character traits and your habits. And that will lead you away from comparing yourself to others. Rather than focusing on what you don't have, You'll begin to acknowledge what you were given and you will embrace it. Oh yeah, for sure. 1000%. I agree with that. You know, I think that, um, you know, if I, if I talk about me, generally I've always been a person that has accepted herself and I, I totally believe that. But I think when I really was given the opportunity to really step into myself, meaning mm-hmm. walk away um, uh, from the profession of law and look look at it from a bird's eye view. Like, mm-hmm. how has this been working out for you? You know, and so once mm-hmm. I realized giving that uh, bird's eye view, looking down, I'm like, whoa, girl, you've only been doing this and it's been wreaking havoc on your body. And now it's time for you to like own up and be like, okay, accept it. Mm-hmm. That, you know, you did you did your time. 20 years is pretty damn good time. It's long enough. Move long- on. You've got, you know, I look at it this way too. Talents and skills are like gifts that God has given you. Right. And unless you open them up and share them, they're worthless. So you have so many gifts to give you have enough you have more to open up and to share and don't squander them um i also have uh 10 if if i can go through this quickly 10 ways to practice self-acceptance perfect please please pay attention the 10 ways give it okay first one embrace what makes you unique Mm. a good place to start is to think of the things that make you special two let go of the things you can't change Three, identify your strengths. Four, set goals. Five, celebrate your accomplishments. Excuse me, it's eight. Um, Six, plan ahead. Seven, think positively. And eight, be kind to yourself. Sometimes number eight is the hardest part. (laughs) Ain't that the the truth? Oh, wait, here's nine and 10. I'm sorry. I got the, it got cut off. I'm sorry. Uh, nine is get involved and 10 is find support. Very, very important to find support. Yep. Can't do it. You can't do it alone. Nope. Can't do it alone. Nope. It's kind of like the, the lion that uh, breaks away from its pack. Yep. Yeah. You'll die. You will. You will. Yeah. We need each other. We need each other. Wow, Nancy, thank you so much for your your 10, 10 tips. Um, and also for your for your wonderful um, handle your shit. <laughs> you know, about self acceptance. I mean, it's super important to accept ourselves for who we are. We're yep. so unique. There's no, no two of me or you. Nope. Nope, we're all, not, we're all unique. Not even if you're a twin, a Siamese twin, you're still unique. Uh-huh. 
right? Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Well, Amiga, thank you so much for coming and sharing your gifts and talents with us. I look forward to uh, speaking with you. I know we're on a mastermind, so I get I get a lot of Nancy in my life. So you guys <laughs> listen to this episode and sign up for a course so that you can also get some more Nancy in your life. Well, thank you. Thanks, Thanks very much. Thank you, Nancy, for being at Amiga Handle Your Shit Podcast. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Amiga Handle Your Shit Podcast. If anything resonates with you today, please share it with your friends and subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. Don't forget to share it on Instagram, Facebook, and other social media platforms. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at www.amigahandleyourshit.com. Thank you so much for listening. Gracias y hasta la próxima.